Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. I wasn't ready after all. Now you're ready. Now I am. Kelly, welcome to our annual Christmas special. We got our chestnuts roasting. Got our wine. You have uh, just a glass of straight vodka. Yeah, I have the saddest cocktail of all time because it's not a cocktail. It's literally just vodka with ice and lime. Yes. Christmas. <laughs> so, Kelly, we love Christmas, some some could say. Do we? I don't really like Christmas. You, I like Christmas. You like yeah. Christmas a lot. Well, that's why when you said we, I got thrown off. Yeah. This is Sign on the Window. Sign on the Window's Christmas special. This is an annual tradition that is, I mean, it's the second annual, right? It is, that's yeah. how they say it. Mm-hmm. The second annual Christmas in the Heart special brought to you by Sign on the Window. So, if you've never listened to Christmas in the Heart by Bob Dylan, I recommend you stop the podcast right now and you listen to it. Specifically, you listen to it on our playlist. We've created a nice little playlist. Uh, so we're going to talk today about Christmas in the Heart. We're going to talk about the songs we chose to put on our playlist and just kind of auxiliary songs, you know, Christmas songs that don't have anything to do with this that we've been uh, putting on there as well. Namely, it must be Christmas tonight by the band, which is probably the song of the year, undoubtedly. But before we get into it, how excited are you that it's Christmas? I don't know. I'm not like in the mood this year for any holiday. I do like Christmas as a rule. Yeah. Maybe it's just because I like as you get older and you're further away from like your family traditions. Yeah. I don't know. But I am. made your own. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's not not snowing. Yeah. It's kind of weird. It's like hardly cold. And it's like hard and expensive to do things. And I don't want to. But. I'm going to see my mom this year, which oh, is yeah. nice. I haven't seen her in like two years. I haven't well, seen her since we started this podcast. As this podcast is happening, you're in Hawaii Hawaii right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a, a throwback to our first episode. You can hear the waves in the background. Uh, yeah. So how's Hawaii, Kelly? So Christmas is also a time, Kelly, to think about all the stuff that we've done this year. This is one of our last episodes of the year. We have finished our official songs, if you will, uh, the 75 total, the 35 that we did this year. But we are going to have a couple of special episodes after this one, so stay tuned for that. But we also got a lot of nice feedback this year. We were sort of shouting into the void for season one, and we're podcast listeners too. We've got a lot of things that we really love. So when people say, email us, write us, leave reviews... I think we're pretty cynical and we're just like, my listen is enough. Uh, but it's really nice when they reach out and I, it's really stopped me for a moment. And I'm like, I'm going to start reviewing and rating more, even if it's just to say nice things. We are not great at the internet. This season particularly was pretty low. Uh, it, it's hard to be on social media. It's hard to be on Twitter in the world that we live in. It's true. Even if you're bringing good stuff like we are trying to engage with it. So I, I think I've done an all right job, but it's been really cool that people have been leaving us reviews and leaving us great emails and tweets and all this kind of stuff. So I just want to highlight some of them that, that came out this year. Um, some that you know, some that you don't. We actually have two reviews on iTunes. Uh, we wow. Right. We had the one before. Uh, it's titled With Bob on Our Side by Jose Avia. Uh, quote, I've listened to this whole archive in about two weeks. So yeah, I really love this podcast. Great format, great chemistry between the hosts. That's debatable. Always, (laughs) always entertaining with a great exchange of ideas and commentary. Also love the bit of discovery provided at the end as they share the pop culture that they're consuming in geeky Dylan terms. This is the highway 61 revisited of Bob podcast. Whoa. Whoa. We listened to highway 61 revisited episode 50. Our second iTunes review that just came out just a couple of days before we recorded this uh, is from Gumshoe Andy, uh, titled I Dig It. Cool podcast named after my favorite song, no less. One song per episode, lots of rich material to mine. So that's hopefully somebody who's excited about what's to come. And I, I feel like that is the best of both worlds right there. It's somebody who's like, they're doing one song at a time, explaining the concept of this. But if you're not into the song... You can always wait for a song you do like or get into it however you want to get into it. But we are doing one song at a time specifically, only building upon the knowledge that we have. But probably the greatest thing that we got, and it was kind of crazy because we had both just gotten off work. We were hanging out for the night, just apropos of anything sign on the window. And I got this email. And at first I thought it was from my work because it was just like, I'm emailing you. And I was like, oh, my God, who who is this person? Uh, his name is Sam. He's a middle school teacher from Minnesota. And he 
of course, Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> and he left us an amazing letter. And uh, I didn't want to respond right away because I wanted to talk about it a little bit on the podcast. But yeah, we've gotten about three or four emails so far. And I recommend if you're into it and love it and it's Christmas time, you want to give us a Christmas gift, send us an email and just tell us how we're doing. Um, he was not very happy with What Good Am I? We rated it too low in his opinion. And I would say for him, uh, Sam, don't listen to our song by song breakdown because what good am I is not is not going to be very high <laughs> on that uh, scale as well. But he also enjoyed the recommendations. Uh, I think that was probably the weirdest thing for you and I. I think it always comes back to the fact that this podcast is just you and I hanging out. We are recommending stuff kind of for our, both of ourselves as much as it is for somebody out there in the world. So it's really cool that people enjoy the recommendations because they're kind of niche to us. And I think that's really important in this podcast because we just wanted it to be you and me as friends doing a podcast. There is no business. We're not selling you anything. I think that comes across. Empire Burlesque. That was the other album. That was the other. Yeah. If he said this is the Empire Burlesque of podcasts. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's why I was like, is it? Is it? Because I don't know if it's better or not. We'll it's, tune into our song yeah, by song. We're going to get out. to the bottom of is Highway 61 revisited or Empire oh. Burlesque. Yeah. It's, it's really amazing to hear feedback, especially that's like. You know, uh, anybody that listens to us to kind of like get through a hard time or anything, because I do the same thing. Like, I definitely have podcasts that I go to when I want to have a pick me up and, uh, you know, part of Patreon community and like to think about that we do that for anybody. And I really appreciate people listening. Yeah, people liking and retweeting stuff. It's like, man, it's really cool that you just listen. Like, that's really fun. I really appreciate it. Yeah. The reviews are so nice. And we got a two-star review with no comments. And uh, bring it on. Love it. Yeah. Next time, leave a comment. I appreciate constructive feedback. Uh, Or if you just want to tell us we're terrible people, that's fine, too. We'll definitely read it. That's less constructive. But we'll definitely read it. (laughs) And we'll probably roast you on air. So (laughs) I I guess if that's what you're into. But otherwise, just keep listening. Tell people about it. That's the whole thing. Uh, You can find us, obviously, SOTWpod.com. Dot com SOTW pod everywhere. Follow us on Twitter. It's probably the best way to get in touch in general, but email SOTW pod at gmail.com. Yeah. And if you write us a review, we'll read it on the podcast. On the podcast. And once you that's feel good. special and famous because that's how I feel. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, you've been on multiple podcasts now, so <laughs> not multiple, just one multiple times. Well, that's amazing. <laughs> Do you want to be on here multiple times? Yes. Yes. Please. please like our friend Jose know. and Gumshoe Andy. Gumshoe Andy. What a name. That's pretty rad. That is, I think, a Tim Berry thing. No Gumshoe shit. Andy. Uh, I think there's a song about Gumshoe Andy. I was high on cocaine. I was down on luck. Was swimming laps and whiskey. Boy, I could feel you catching up. Hey, Gumshoe Andy. You're going down with me. When you got me. Makes me think of Mustangs that way, which is not the same. Thing. Wow. Okay, <laughs> Kelly, we are here for more of a specific purpose than just uh, reveling in our fans and their love of our podcast. We're here today to talk about Christmas, specifically Christmas in the Heart. Last year, we did a podcast where we looked at the album, and we chose a lot of songs that we enjoyed from our Christmas experiences in the past. I think that was a little more nostalgic than this one because we kind of picked classics that we really loved. We got really deep into Dolly Parton and things like that. So it was, um, that was a very different playlist. This one's a little bit more, we're a little more maybe jaded and cynical, but we're, we're more cool this time around. Are I mean, we? 75 episodes in, we're just like, there's an in-sync song on our playlist. How yeah, cool that, are we? That's true. That's fair. <laughs> uh, so just to reiterate, if you forgot, this album was released in 2009. Uh, the sales of it uh, in the United States go to Feeding America and the the sales overseas uh, go to the United Nations World Food Program in crisis out of the United Kingdom. So whenever you're listening to this, in theory, all of that money, I mean, that money, that amount of fractions Spotify money. Of fractions, fractions of pennies, guys. Uh, exactly. We're talking fractions of pennies are going to good stuff. So listen to that. Uh, it's better than listening to lots of things that we're going to go over today. Uh <laughs> To reiterate, one of my favorite quotes about the album, just to get your head around it, is from Tiny Mixtapes, the uh, music reviewing website. They said, quote, on Christmas in the Heart, it's not the heat, but the bitter cold, the kind you feel in northern Minnesota. Uh. 
we laughed at that last year too. We're laughing still funny. Again. Still great. I mean, it's amazing. Uh, these are traditional numbers, aged but not antiquated. And keeping with releases like As Good As It Been To You, World Gone Wrong, the album features Dylan exercising the mu- musical spirits of the land. Some will rank it among his most his most gimmick releases, like Dylan and the Dead. Still, others will categorize. Still, others will categorize it as an oddity, like Self Portrait. It's all and none of these. These songs are Dylan's latest exploits, but they're deathly sincere and jolly, as serious and kitschy as theme time radio hour. It's the music that introduces old Disney films, an album as dense and elusive as his other recent outings. Who is playing on this album? There's a guy on vocals. His name is Bob Dylan. Mm. He's also playing guitar, electric piano, harmonica. We got Tony Garnier on the bass. We've got uh, George Raseel on drums and percussion. We've got Donnie Heron on steel guitar, mandolin, trumpet, and violin. David Hidalgo on the accordion, uh, guitar, mandolin, and violin. Phil Upchurch on guitar. And Patrick Warren on the piano, the organ, and the celeste. We talked about the celeste last year. Uh, celeste, again, is an upright piano, mm-hmm. four or five octaves, but with smaller keys and a smaller cabinet from a normal, uh, similar in sound to a glockenspiel, mm-hmm. which I found out is called metallophone because a xylophone means wooden sound. So xylophones, we think of that little ding, 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 right. you know, the ones you would buy in a, in a store. They're not xylophones. They're metallophones because they're made out of metal. Xylophones are wooden, wooden I only. marimbas were. Marimbas, I thought, were no, no. This, oh, yeah. Yeah, they do that. No. I thought that was the name. Maybe it's a um, specific one. I think you, specific one, yeah. I hope that Sam is warm in Minnesota. I had to hold that in because he just kept going. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure Sam is fine. He's he's used to Minnesota. Uh, okay, so let's let's get into the let's get into it. So Kelly, we decided to change it up a little bit because we're going to be doing this annually. We're going to hit one another with fun facts about each song as we go. We're not allowed to repeat our fun facts over the years. This year we get a pass because there's no fun facts. So this is going to be a really easy. year. This is going to become impossible. This is going to be um, become impossible. We're already going to say the same facts. It's fine if we say the same facts, then that makes more facts available in the future oh, yikes. soon these episodes in a few years are going to be three and a half hours long as we go through all the facts but kelly let's start where we got to start the great here comes santa claus here comes santa claus here comes santa claus ran down santa claus today thinks in a blicks in an old is reindeer pulling on the reins there's a ringing Children singing, all is merry and bright. Hang your stockings, say your prayers, cause Santa Claus comes tonight. Written and performed by Gene Autry in 1947. Music by Oakley Holdman. Red City Radio has a song with the lyric, Gene Autry. And oh, I was wow. just like, Gene Autry. So when I heard that, I was like, I know that person, kind of. Uh, but my my fun fact, if you will, is the jingle sound in the song came about because Art Slathery the A&R chief at the time, uh, was drinking a cocktail in the studio during the rough first rough cut, and his ice was picked up on mic, and they were like, hey, that's fucking dope. Let's put a jingle bell sound in there. My ice is part of the saddest cocktail that's ever existed, which is just vodka and ice. Oh, there's lime juice. But it's, it's vodka, ice, and lime juice. Merry Christmas. Cheers. <laughs> he got this idea, Gene Autry, in 1946, when he was uh, in a Santa Claus Lane Parade, whatever that really means, uh, it's now called the Hollywood Christmas Parade in Los Angeles, and the crowds were chanting, "Here comes Santa Claus." Gene Autry dressed like a cowboy. He was known as a singing cowboy. So that are we means... doing more facts? No, I was just like, so the guy in Red City Radio is like, I was dressed like a cowboy. <laughs> yeah, he's from Oklahoma City. That's fun. Yeah, that's great. We listened to two versions of this last year. We listened to Bing Crosby's classic. Yeah, off yeah. of his uh, 1945 Merry Christmas album. And this year we listened to Willie Nelson's the classic Christmas album. It was fun. It the was... noted heterosexual <laughs> Willie Nelson. Very clear. <laughs> <laughs> and I put it on there specifically because of this. Uh, yeah, the, the Willie Nelson was pretty good. The, um, I, I still, I, I really think the Bob Dylan version is excellent. Putting Murder Bob's voice on any track, I feel like is an improvement. Yeah. And at first it's jarring. And I try every time I listen to it now, now that I'm like completely converted, I try to listen to it as like somebody who doesn't know because it's still weird. It must be weird for people. If they hear this, they're completely going to be turned off by it. So I'm trying to think of how I can, if I were going to try to convert somebody to it, 
that's a hard go. But I think the choir helps. Uh, I want to shout out the choir before we even start. Uh, Amanda Barnett, Bill Cantos, Randy Crenshaw, Abby DeWald, uh, Nicole, Nicole Ava Emery, Walt Hera, and Robert Joyce. Thanks for the ooh Killing it. I mean, absolutely killing it, especially Christmas Island. I fucking love that, oh, man, yeah. that song. That's, I mean, essential. One yeah. of the best songs on here. And I'll say it again, like, just like last year, I think most people hate Christmas music, not because of Bob Dylan, but because of like you you're threading this line between like, the tabernacle choir extreme mm. where you have a child's choir. Yeah, so right, like yeah. what do you do? How about a bunch of normal sounding people that sound unique and don't sound like they're casted off, you know, like they've that like they recorded this in a studio and it's been sampled on every single Christmas album, you know? Because their record rep was like, You have to make one. Yeah. Yeah, the, 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 this choir, though, sounds unique. Yeah. That's what I mean. This I choir so. sounds unique. They sound like normal people. Mm-hmm. I've never heard people like that before. <laughs> normal people. <laughs> normal people. It's not fucking overproduced and um, and destroyed. And this song is really nice. It's a fun Christmas song. And Murder Bob's voice is, is, is amazing. And I'm just delighted. Do you hear what I hear? I don't know. But I heard that this song was composed by <laughs> Gloria Shane Baker in 1962 with lyrics by her then-husband, Noel. I'm going to just say it's Noel. It's probably Noel. Uh, Regni. Sure. The, the two were never able to actually sing this song to like completion, if that's the grossest <laughs> way I can put that, because uh, it made them both so emotional as it was inspired by the threat of nuclear war during the Cuban Missile Crisis, which uh, Baker would later say that this our little song broke us up. Yeah. Because it was just such a depressing fucking thing. And in the studio, they were listening to radio broadcasts to see if they were fucking blown up or not, which is dark. Was that your fact? That was my fact. And (laughs) no, that's it's it's wild. I mean, that's a cool song. Uh, It made me think again about this song. I really like Dylan's version of it. And it feels traditional, but it's not, you know, 1960s. Traditional, and it was written then, mm-hmm. you know. So it's saying the same, like you know, freewheeling Bob Dylan is traditional. It's not, but it sounds traditional. It sounds like this song has been around forever. They really killed it on like the sort of epic scale of it. And I think Bob Dylan writing about the Cuban Missile Crisis as well, Hard Rain's Gonna Fall, and things like that, really take a concept like that and really make it so existential that even after that threat is gone, it's the threat of just death. There's the lyric in there. It's like um, a star where the tail is big as a kite or whatever. Yeah. And it's supposed to mean like a shooting star over baby Jesus, but it's also like the trail of a missile, mm-hmm. which is insane. Yeah. And Before dark. it drops its payload and <laughs> you're dead. Very dark. Yeah. Bob Dylan at the time of this, uh, talking to Bill Flanagan, he said that, about why you're doing Christmas songs. He said, quote, there was no other way to play it except for that traditional way. These songs are part of my life, just like folk songs. You have to play them straight too. And that is the success of this album. And this song in particular, I really love not only because of that sound, but it really contrasts with uh, two versions that we listened to before Gladys Knight last year. Um, Not so bad from the classic Christmas album in 1975, but we listened this year to Casey and the Sunshine Band, A Sunshine Christmas from 2018. Ooh, no good. Absolute. No bueno. Absolute garbage. Unbelievably bad and soulless. I mean, that is the soulless husk that you need to avoid in Christmas. Like, who wants to listen to things that have nothing in them? Even if you don't like Bob Dylan, there's a fucking heart there. <laughs> On some songs, but I, uh, you can go back. I don't even remember what song or episode it was where I was like, if you don't want to record this, why do, why should I listen? Great point. Now, there's plenty of songs that Bob Dylan is also a soulless husk on, but I will say that Bob Dylan in 2009 was not a soulless wanderer. He he is giving these a, a fair shot. Absolutely. And I think that that's admirable. Agreed. Track number three, Winter Wonderland. Which was written by Richard Smith in 1934 with music by Felix Bernard. Now, instead of biting your fun fact, I want you to go first because I bet we have the same one. The song is considered a Christmas song, but it doesn't even actually mention the holiday. Ooh. Never says Christmas. It does not. Smith was inspired to write this song while looking out the window out of his hospital room while he was at the tuberculosis ward at Lenox Hill Hospital in New York. He wrote it in 1934 and died a year later on his fucking birthday in 1935, September 29th, 1901 to September 29th, 1935. How fucking dark is that? Walking in a winter <laughs> wonderland. Yeah, staring which is out like, my window in the hospital. That's like... As I'm dying of tuberculosis. 
That's so sad and dark. It's so sad. It's like walking through a winter wonderland is like walking through the nuclear apocalypse mm-hmm. of your soul. Yeah. It also mm. should be, I didn't write them all down, but a, a lot of Christmas classics or what we consider Christmas classics were actually written by Jewish uh, oh, composers. Yeah. And artists. yeah, we did actually, I think, touch on that last year. Last year, I also thought this song was silly and very Bob Dylan, but I, I compared it to uh, the weird neighbor that comes out during a group number. Cause like they're singing, the girls are singing. Mm-hmm. It's very pretty. And then it's like, I'm the neighbor singing winter wonderland. Oh, I feel like we must've made like, a home Whoa. improvement joke last year. I, I, who knows what we did last year? <laughs> we did not listen to it famously, but I, I do remember thinking that, but I also think that I don't want to just become like a, a sycophant for this album, but I love this song. I just, I'm so happy it sounds around. so nice. It's just so jingly. Mm-hmm. It's, it feels like Christmas. We said that last year, all the songs that we had listened to, I mean, not all of them, but some of them, especially the ones from the nineties and the pop remakes. Oh, yeah. They've not, I don't want to keep saying soulless husk. I'm sorry, <laughs> but they don't even feel like fucking Christmas. It doesn't feel like anything. It feels neutral. It feels like it's playing in the gap somewhere across the country. And this is just lovely. It's beautiful. Maybe we should have a little contest for anybody that points out all the things we already said in last the year's episode. Tweet at us. Oh yeah, and we'll or just uh, play a drinking game. Yeah. Every time we re- every time we repeat ourselves, just drink. <laughs> uh, to other versions we listened to Chet Baker last year. Um, not you're not into the free jazz stuff, but uh, but we did let's just do Louis Armstrong this mm-hmm. this year, uh, which was a 1964 single. More, yeah, we're probably gonna keep this one jazz forever now that we've set we've set a precedent. <laughs> Uh, track number four, Hark the Herald Angel Sing. Written in 1739, one of the oldest English language uh, hymns, carols, by Charles Wesley. Yeah, this song is regarded as one of the great four Anglican hymns. Uh, it was published as number 34 in the Church Hymn Book uh, that was published in 1872. There's some changes in the lyrics from the original version, though, uh, published... I, I have it published in Hymns and Sacred Poems, but oh, that's fine. That's fair. The song is supposed to be solemn. Okay. And some of the original lyrics are, Hark, how all the Welkings... What? Glory to the King of Kings, instead of like, so glory to the newborn king, glory mm. to the King of Kings. And Hark, the Herald Angel Sing was, Hark, how all the Welkings, something that I obviously didn't finish the sentence. But Welkin means sky or heavens in Middle English. Oh. Yeah. Uh, this song is 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 fine. Um Compared to other versions that we have, uh, this song was half the amount of time as the Aretha Franklin number that we listened to for this. Um, she has a lot more sweeping, grand... You gotta give her room for the runs. Room for some... I don't know. I don't, I don't like it. The pop runs. Yeah. <laughs> it's a slog. It's really slow. Um, and it's slow for Dylan, too, which is fine because the pace has been pretty upbeat and now we're kind of dropping it. It's fine. The song's fine. Mm-hmm. Last year we listened to Bad Religion. Oh, we did. That one's good. That's good. Yeah. Track number five, I'll Be Home for Christmas. Written by Kim Gannon in 1942 with music by Walter Kent and first recorded by Bing Crosby in 1943. This song only has 39 words. There are only 39 words in this whole song. Really? Which is 36 more than the exploited Sex and Violence from 1981. Nice. The exploited. Yes. This song is uh, sung from the point of view. I said this last year, but sung from sung from the point of view as a soldier stationed overseas during World War II, writing a letter to his family. Uh, after Gannon's death in 1974, the royalty rights for this song go to the American Heart Association. Uh, ever since, so another song to listen to. As many versions as humanly possible. We listened to John Prine last year for a benefit to Kate, benefit for Kate's sake from t- 2005, and this year we listened to the deconstructed, weird, but. I love it. Sufjan Stevens off of Silver and Gold, oh, 2012. Oh, so good. Uh, and that is the, if you're cutting down that, um, Silver and Gold and Home for Christmas, his Christmas albums are uh, basically just a collection of EPs that he recorded throughout the years. So this is from the Let It Snow, Songs for Christmas, Volume 9 out of 2009. Um, no one has done as much for Christmas 
Stevens. Sufjan Stevens. Uh, you can go and listen to his official playlist. I just kind of popped over on Spotify. He put it all together. It's 103 songs. Jeez. It's five hours of music. And mostly original, right? Uh, not mostly. No, no. He's discovered everything. He's okay. covered Hark the Herald Angels at least three or four times. Mm, okay. But they're all very different. They're all very... You can listen to it sequentially and really see when it's his seven swans period when it's his illinois when it's age of odds and they get started weird and his 11 minute songs you're like okay that was recorded in you know 2010 um so you can kind of tell which is pretty interesting and i'm sure he's still making it and he'll keep producing them but um yeah i just i just sufyan will be on every playlist for the rest Rest of time he has a hundred songs people i mean that's that's unprecedented Mm -hmm. and he does it out of like the sheer love of it, it feels like. And I just love the deconstructed takes. And I love this song in particular. It's very different than, you know, John Prine's more traditional oh, version, yeah. but also Dylan's very traditional version. But I love the piano for Dylan. It's, I don't know, it's a very nice song. Very faithful. It's interesting that um, Bob's murder voice is sometimes, like, it's always jarring, but, like, I don't know if I'm 100% on the, fe- like, on 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 the train the murder mm-hmm. bob train cause... sometimes you're on the fence sometimes you're on the train yeah, i'll never know <laughs> sometimes you might be unwillingly on the train as a kidnapped passenger but i can't say consistently that at least it makes it interesting because nobody sounds like that when they sing this song true ah! <laughs> and it's amazing yes it is track number six little drummer boy Written by composer Catherine Kennicott Davis in 1941, originally titled Carol of the Drums. Hmm. And it is known that KKD, as she's, you know, hmm. colloquially known. I mean, that's how I know her. Based the song on an old Czech carol, but no one knows which one. It's never hmm. been identified. Fun. So I'm like, how do you know that it was based on a Czech carol, but have no idea what carol it's based on? I love this person out there that, like, knows the carol so hard mm-hmm. that they're like, if there was only a Spotify for carols, I could like go through real quick, but because I can, I have to like, you know, and he's thinking just like, what is this carol? What is this fucking carol? What is this reminding Czech. me of? I know it's, it's Czech. fucking Czech. It's not Polish. It's fucking Czech. I know yeah. that. That's amazing. Uh, the story uh, depicted in the song is somewhat similar as well to the 12th century legend retold by Anatole of France as Le Gondelier de Notre Dame, which is French for Our Lady's Juggler. Naturally. Which, which was adapted into an opera in 1902 by Jules Massenet, or Massenet probably. In the French legend, however, a juggler juggles before the statue of the Virgin Mary, and the statue, according to which version of the legend that you read, either smiles at him or throws him a rose, or both, in the 1984 television film The Juggler of Notre Dame. Well, hey, how many juggles would a juggler juggle if a juggler could juggle juggles? Six. Hmm. Interesting. I really like the song from last year. I like the pum pum pums part. We this famously we listened to Destiny's Child last year. This oh, year yeah. we listened to um, Bad Religions. Take they'll probably be on there just until that EP is gone. But they took sort of the same approach, you know, like taking the drums and really using that. Destiny's Child famously does not. They use their voices, and it feels like the early nineteen nineties because it is. I like the snares. I like the the drums and percussion on this song because mm-hmm. that's the one thing you have to get right with Little Drummer Boy. You're not cool because you take the drums out of Little Drummer Boy. That's not cool. No. It's called Little Drummer Boy. Bob's version is good. Yeah, that's it's really all great. of his versions. Yeah. Of all of his, of the Christmas songs. They're great. Yeah. In response to people uh, thinking that he was being ironic or wry in these covers, like, why is he even doing this? Uh, He shot back at critics. He said, quote, critics like that are the ones from the outside looking in. They are definitely not fans or the audience that I play to. They would have no gut level understanding of me and my work, what I can and can't do, the scope of it all. Even at this point in time, they still don't know what to think of me. Drink. And then I got into a spiral. I was like, you know what? Destiny's Child probably outsold this record. So I went to Destiny's Child. Their Christmas record. They probably have outsold, I mean, because it came out way earlier. Mm. But it premiered on the Billboard Top 200 at number 34 when it came out. Is that high? Out of 200? Yeah, it's pretty it's high. It's pretty high. Yeah, it's almost a one. <laughs> Bob Dylan premiered at number 23. Better. Just like the overall Billboard Top 200? Billboard Top 200. Dang. Better. I know. It really fucked with my head. People must like Bob Dylan. Song number seven, The Christmas Blues. 
almost impossible to find any information about the song. Absolutely. But it was written and composed by Sammy Kahn and David Jack Holt sometime in the 50s and recorded first by Dean Martin in 1953. It was actually first recorded on September 17th, 1953 by Joe Stafford. Oh, shit. I know. But Dean Martin was the big one who did it. And it's only been recorded in Discogs, I, I believe is where I found that. Like seven times. I know. And, and a lot of them since Dylan. So Dylan really f- found this out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, I in. definitely never heard it. I didn't think it was. I thought it was an original song when we listened to it last mm-hmm. year. And you told me like, no, no, it's definitely a thing. Well, D. Martin did it. He's the only one I think that is the version. Because this year we listened to Can Heat. That was not the same song. Not the same song, yeah. I mean, it's great because it's Can Heat. And I love that. Heck yeah, Can Heat. Way better than I think Christmas Blues. But Christmas Blues is pretty good. It's a pretty yeah. good song. And Dylan's version of it, I think it's superb. I think it's a great blues song and they're a great blues band and it's cool to bring the blues to Christmas The jingle bells are jingling The streets are white with snow The happy crowds are mingling But there's no one that I know I'm sure that you'll forgive me If I don't include I guess I got the Christmas blues I just like the way there's like a swagger to his voice. Yeah, it's very flowy. It's good. Um, yeah, I was really surprised that there's not even a Wikipedia entry about the its song is like persona non grata. Well, and the guy, he's just, we have like one entry on the track number eight. Oh, come all ye faithful. Everybody knows this song. <laughs> Which is fun. As Bob will scream in your face. The earliest manuscript of this hymn is attributed to King John the Fourth of Portugal. Kind of, this song is like another oh. enigma-y type of song. Uh, the earliest manuscript of this hymn is attributed to King John the Fourth of Portugal, uh, which makes it sometime in the early 1600s. It's like okay. the first manuscript. However, wow. it was first published by John Francis Wade in 1760, but the tune is attributed to Samuel Webb and dated back to 1782. And it's possible that it was actually taken from an anonymous Latin hymn written by monks dating all the way back to the 13th century. So no one knows where this fucking song came from, but it exists and has for a long time. In the U.S. and the U.K., the arrangement that's often sung is by David, Sir, sorry, Sir David Wilcox, uh, that was published originally in 1961 by Oxford University Press in a book called Carols for Choirs. Uh, Bob... I feel like should be in his element in this, but he is not. This one's the maybe the roughest one on the album, just because it's so st- like staccatoed, like yeah, let it linger, friend. Quite jarring, mm-hmm. actually. Um, yeah, it's really weird to be the middle point for the record, mm-hmm. and we're getting to like the really good stuff. So it's kind of weird to be like, let's put this off-putting song in in rotation here. Not off-putting though. Track number nine. Have yourself a merry Christmas. Written in 1944 by Hugh Martin for the film Meet Me in St. Louis. The original song lyrics were deemed too sad by the movie's director, Vincente Minnelli, and star Judy Garland. Uh, so they made them change parts of the song. Uh, Judy Garland was the first one to ever sing it because she sang it in the movie. But some of the original lyrics, have yourself a merry little Christmas. It may be your last. Faithful friends who were dear to us will be near to us no more. Oh, Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Meet Me in St. Louis. It's about a mo- the movie is about a family distraught by father's plans to move to New York City for a job promotion, leaving behind their beloved home in St. Louis just before the long anticipated 1904 World's Fair. Wow, why would you leave then? In scenes set on Christmas Eve, Judy Garland's character Esther sings the song to cheer up her despondent five year old sister Tootie. Which is why Garland was like. We, I can't do this. People think I'm a psychopath if I'm like singing this cheerily to this little girl and I'm like, everyone's dead. <laughs> I love the instrumentation by Bob. This song sounds fresh. It's a really cool, the guitar is very silky and smooth. It feels very modern. I, I, I like the song just like straight front to back. It's just like that again, we're, do I like this murder Bob voice where it's like, ah. I would say the <laughs> so reason strange. I like this is that compared to Christina Aguilera last year, mm. one of the low points by far. And I love Leslie Odom Jr. I fucking love Hamilton. I'm, I'm, I'm all in. It doesn't save how boring that um, song but is. But yeah, he could see me literally fucking anything. Gorgeous. I, I, same with Christina. She has a great voice. But there's a difference between soulless husks and someone actually trying something. I think Leslie Odom Jr. was trying. 
I'll give you someone trying later on. <laughs> Track number 10, the classic. Did you rewatch the, the video? Oh, no, I should have. Oh, yeah. God. Must be Santa. One of my favorite Bob Dylan songs of this era. Just It's so, it's so, good. so amazing. <laughs> He's like really, really screaming in the background. It's, so it's, it's, who's got a big red cherry nose? Santa's got a big red cherry nose. Who laughs this way? Ho, ho, Santa laughs this way. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. Cherry nose. Get on it. Sue that's right. Special night. Here's that's right. by Hal Moore and Bill Fredericks and released by Mitch Miller. So I don't really know what that means. How it was written by Bill and Hal, but released by Mitch. So I'm assuming they Bill and Hal like created composed it and maybe Miller was the one who was a producer on it. Maybe. It happened in 1960 either way, based on the German drinking song, the Scheitelbank, Scheitelbank. song. Yes. And Scheitelbank literally means scrap bench or chip bench from the verb schneitzen or schnitzen, schnitzein which means to carve. It was a woodworking. <laughs> it was a woodworking tool uh, used in Germany prior to the Industrial Revolution. It was in regular use in colonial New England and Appalachia in the early 20th century and is still used by special artisans today. In America, it's known as the shaving horse. Oh. It uses the mechanical advantage of a foot-operated lever to securely clamp on an object to be carved. The shaving horse is used in combination with a draw knife or a spoke shave to cut down the green or seasoned wood to accomplish jobs such as handling an axe, creating wooden rakes, hay forks, walking sticks, etc., etc., etc. It's not a word. Well, maybe. The shaving horse was used by various trades from farmer to basket maker to wheelwright. It reminds me of a planer. Like That's the thing I'm looking at in my head, but that's definitely not what it is. I don't know what it could be. I mean, I'm just, I kind of see it, but I don't even know how to describe it. The fact that we had the same fact, 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 is evidence that there's nothing about this song either. Not a whole lot. And, uh, you know, Bob Dylan, you know, last time we really just, not only did we love the video, and it's very important for you to watch the video to understand, Bob Dylan is wearing a Santa hat, and he's just wandering around a party screaming. And, I mean, after Music Video Month, like we'll get to this again in some music video month iteration later on down the road. I'm, I'm so fucking excited because this song is amazing. His performance is out of this world, and I highly recommend you you do that. It's I, so much fun. I think it's a testament to his comment about like you know, not that this is what he said exactly, but you know, like fuck the critics who think they know me and think that I'm being cynical or ironic because like he picked Christmas blues, must be Santa. And uh, Christmas Island, mm-hmm. three songs that I'd never heard before. No. So, like, clearly the guy's not just doing this out of rote responsibility because otherwise White Christmas would be on here and, like, all the other big uh, Christmas classics that we yeah. think of. He picked songs because he liked them and wanted to do them. Yeah. So I think that's evidence enough that... Well, and the quote before was just, like, this is more... It's got the aesthetic more of theme time radio hour. Like, mm-hmm. you're going to hear the hits, if you will, but you're also going to hear songs that you've never heard of, but you trust Bob Dylan. Deep cuts only. Deep cuts only. And he is here for the deep cuts. Uh, we learned last year what, what that device was building upon verse by verse. Do you remember? You looked it up. The call and response thing? No, know? no. When he's doing the, he's, you know, saying the thing. Oh, right, right. And it builds and the whole upon. Poem, yeah. Yeah. Jack he did the, do the whole poem. What the, the hill and the, yeah. I don't, yeah, I remember what it's called. All right. So maybe 2019 we'll, we'll look into that for yeah. that. Uh, this is going to be a weird one going forward because last year, we famously listened to the Pokemon version of this off of 20, 2007's Christmas Bash. Uh, this year we listened to Mary Lambert from uh, Mary, that's Mary, like the name Mary, Christmas, from 2003, equally as horrible. It's like a trying to teach the kids how to sing it or something. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh my about? God, yeah. I was so mad. I was so mad every time that song came on and I hate you for putting it so on the So just playlist. like the, the, the jazz oh one from before... This is just bad versions of Must Be Santa from here oh on out. God. You know, because they're all bad versions in the end. Because Dylan will never be topped. I'm sorry. Also, I was confused when I saw Mary Lambert because I thought it was that girl, Sarah Lambert, I want to oh. say, who does the song um, with Macklemore, mm. the gay song, like the gay marriage song. I can't change even she, if I try. She is big. Yeah, the Lambert her, But her last name is Lambert, Lambert too. Yeah. So I was like, that is not that girl. No. No, this, this is, is some person period. bent on kids bopping me into oblivion. I thought it was Molly Lambert, who was a writer. Oh. And uh, former Grantland. Hmm. 
but it's not because she's, she's, she's a writer and not singing weird Christmas songs for kids. Do kids like this? Like, like does a kid want to listen to Molly Lambert? I no, don't... not Mary Lambert. Sorry. <laughs> does a kid want to listen to Mary Lambert? No, I think they want to listen to fucking Bing Crosby, like an adult or Pokemon or Pokemon. Honest. Yeah, okay, that's that probably was a more accurate. Bonkers version. Uh, track number eleven, Silver Bells, a, a classic of the genre. Absolutely. Composed by Jay Livingston in 1950, probably, for the film Lemon, The Lemon Drop Kid. Uh, the first people to sing it were obviously Bob Hope and Marilyn Maxwell, who were the stars of The Lemon Drop Kid. And that movie is about a New York City swindler who is illegally tout- touting horses at a Florida racetrack. So now a tout, which I encountered a lot in Southeast Asia, are people that just like are trying to get your attention to scam you out of something. Yeah. But I don't know what that means in that context, because that's literally just the sentence from Wikipedia, and I don't know what it means. So he's probably going to... Do you think this is just the classic Christmas? Like, I'm trying to illegally sell you horses, and then I've learned my lesson. <laughs> classic um, Christmas horse selling. <laughs> well, everyone's a horse seller before before they learn the, the spirit of Christmas. Well, they're not selling... That would make sense to me. It's not selling horses. It's He's at the racetrack touting. So he must be yelling bad information or trying to get people's attentions where it's like oh but i'm he, oh he might be like the person that's impersonating the the who like calls the race but so he's gonna like, learn his lesson for oh Christmas. yeah because he he uh touts to the wrong individual mm. who's uh, this woman saint nick i'm assuming no not saint nick mm. is uh max Marilyn Mary Mac. maxwell whose boyfriend is a gangster and that's how it all goes awry. Really? But apparently there's a scene at some point where he has to have a gang dressed like Santa's. So. And then they sing Silver Bells. I mean, this really... I kind of want to watch that movie, but I will never watch that movie. No. This song, I, I like the music here, but I don't really care for this song. Well, it's really slow. And like... It takes a long time because yeah. it's slow. <laughs> yeah, last year I likened this to Bob Dylan being a ghost from Christmas past. And he's like the old man mm-hmm. screaming about his youthful life to his younger self. And maybe that's a nice way to look at it. Uh, last year we listened to she and him from a very she and him Christmas. All of their Christmas albums are great. I think there's all both of them. And this year we listened to got a little bit of soul in it. John legends, a legendary Christmas. I liked this version. It's fine. It feels like there was a little bit more care. It I mean, feels he like he was actually, yeah. And like, He's just he's just good at it. he's he's a good singer. If it, it sounded great. Controversial statement. How is that controversial? That was a joke. Uh, oh. John Legend is like yeah, a, clearly a famous singer that people adore. Yeah, this is the only John Legend song I've ever heard. So I same really enjoyed it. I mean, I have to say, I really Ooh. I really liked his version. Ooh, there was an answer on Jeopardy recently about John Legend. And when I say recently, I mean the twenty fourteen reruns that are now playing on Netflix. Obviously, uh, he sung it at his own wedding. To what's her name? Christine. Christine. Tegan? Christy Tegan. Christy yeah. Tegan. Oh my gosh. Anyway, is this worth it? Is, is it's this not worth it, but that's the only other John Legend song I've ever heard. Uh, I didn't know it was John Legend. I guess like Michael Bublé or something because I didn't know it was uh, a song. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I'm sure I've heard other ones. I just don't know it. That's going to drive me nuts. I mean, I do have this up here. John Legend. Artist. Go to our top tracks. All of me. Yep, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> Almost a billion listens. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, I thought for sure that that was like a. I said somebody obscure that was famous in the like early aughts. That's <laughs> not him. James Blunt. James Blunt. Okay. Was. Yeah. No, not at all. Nope. We'll be listening to more legendary Christmas as the years go by. I'm I excited. Bet we will. <laughs> Track number twelve, the first Noel. All right. So this is another one that's like. Its origins are obscure, but it was edited from its original incarnation by William Sandys and arranged by Davies Gilbert in 1833 for Hymns and Carols of God. But it was originally published in 1823 in Carols Ancient and Modern, but it must have been written by someone possibly between the 1500s and 1800s, but also maybe as early as the 1300s. All we know that it's corn is all we know is that Cornish. it's Cornish of Cornish origins. So what the fuck? Also, Noel means Christmas in French. Oh. <laughs> so there you go. Nice. I just, this is a traditional English Christmas carol. Yeah. See, again, with the, see, how are we supposed to do this every year? Your, and your facts? facts are like 75 facts. All you need to say is this was written by this one person and that's the end of the fact. No, because that's, that's one not even fact. a fact that's setting up what you the song build, is. You build the facts as they come. They don't <gasps> need to know all that information. I was going to go with traditional, it's Cornish in origin. That's all I was going to say. 
It's a Cornish in origin. Gosh, I didn't realize. I know. No I wonder know. this took me six times longer than it took yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> Just one fact. One fact. Uh, the strings are really nice in Bob Dylan's version. I think this is a well-paced song, um, but it's not one of my favorites because, again, it's the slow plotting vibe uh famously last year we listened to dolly, dolly pardon's home for christmas hell yeah you we did fucking love dolly pardon <laughs> and you fucking love home for christmas that's like your your jam hell yeah it is and this year we had to ruin it by listening to fucking instinct off of their home for christmas i didn't even realize they're both called home for christmas the dolly pardon and the instinct okay home for christmas is now a fucking theme for first noel jesus christ so the albums are called home for christmas for yeah, both true. of them so i don't know if it's an homage they're only eight years apart or they probably just, I mean, I guarantee you the five members of NSYNC don't even remember going in and singing these songs oh, no. because this is just a cash grab. It's completely disgusting and it's horrible and they're horrible. Yeah. Gross. Number 13, one of the best songs on this whole entire album, Christmas Island. Hello. Another obscure one written by Lyle Moraine in 1946 and recorded by the Andrews sisters with Guy Lombardo and his Royal Canadian and his Royal Canadians. Full stop. Um, that's the most famous version of it. So. He was born Council Bluffs, Iowa. Oh. And he died in Glendale, California. And this is another one with no Wikipedia entry. Yeah, no. this is that's literally the end of our facts. So we're um, going to have to really dive deep. Additional fact, oh. Jimmy Buffett has a 1996 Christmas album called Christmas Island because of fucking Oh, okay. Well, H.H.A., uh, formerly Andrew Jackson Jihad, also has an album out from 2014, 15 called Christmas Island. Are we Christmas Island facting people now? Is that what we are? <laughs> I mean, you did ask me to look up facts about Christmas songs. I fucking love this song. I love that. Hello. Hello. It's, it's my favorite. And the Christmas Island song by AJJ on our playlist is not this song in any way, shape, There or is form. no cover. I, I mean, there probably are, but I'm not going to really look for it. It's a real tough hang. Uh, and I don't think it's been covered a ton because, again, this is an obscure one mm-hmm. that I'm impressed that Bob picked. Yeah. Uh, the the Hawaiian island the Christmas song is the one that we put on our playlist last year. Yeah. The yeah. Seth MacFarlane version of Melikaliki Maka. Right. So... I didn't know this was a real song. No, and the Andrew sisters did do it with Bing Crosby in 45. So like there is a history of it, but it's not for some reason, just people didn't pick it up, never decided to play it. And I think this again is the strength of Bob Dylan's band. Like to be able to create that sound Mm -hmm. with just the steel guitars is beautiful. It feels like you're there and it's still Christmas. It's, it's wonderful. Um, As for the AJJ song, the song is about operation Dominic, which is, um, nuclear bomb testing in Christmas Island in the South Pacific oh. and his, uh, I believe it's his grandfather getting cancer from those bomb tests. Uh, great Christmas lyrics that I just want to shout out. Uh, and the drinkers won't stop drinking. So their livers might stop working and the living keep on living until they're dead from all the dying. Yep. I mean, just ring the bells. It's beautiful. Um, the grieving salted mourners remain in pain until they're roaring. The streets are filled with choking screams and vomiters are dancing. Isn't reviving and destroying, reviving and destroying. Yeah. I mean, if that doesn't sum up Christmas, what does? I mean, that's how I feel when I listen to NSYNC, reviving and destroying, <laughs> reviving and destroying. It's all about creation and rebirth and destruction. Did you like that song, though? I do. It's just really dark. It's really dark. Unexpected yeah. on yeah. the Christmas playlist. And that's life. from 2018 as well. I, I, I like getting stuff that is current, and that's Very from their uh, Lost Works. Uh, obviously a B-side, not on their, ironically not on their Christmas Island album. They named their album Christmas Island. Didn't put Christmas Island on there. What? Maybe it's just too dark. What a move. What a move. I know, Policy. I love it. Yikes. Track number 14, The Christmas Song. Naturally. Written in 1945 by Bob Wells and Mel Torme. Torme with an M. It was written during a heat wave. Isn't that funny? Isn't it funny? So ironic. I have another fact, but I would like you to go first. In an effort to stay cool by thinking cool. Oh, that's okay. It's the piggyback off of that's what they. The yeah. uh, it's the most one of the most performed Christmas songs ever. You know who performed this song? Also, did a rendition of it. Justin Bieber and Usher <laughs> did a cover in 2011. It, on an appearance of Ryan Seacrest's radio program, Usher said on October 24th, 2011, Usher said, "Quote: Justin and I did the classic record, Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire. Wow. 
this record is going to be remembered for years to come. <laughs> we we will we will probably bring that fact up every year from now on, and we will never in our lives listen to that song. <laughs> Thank God up. it's not on tape. Also, if you're gonna flex, like you're going up against Nat King Cole, which is the that's the one the version. The There's no one. getting around it. That might be of all of them, possibly only. Uh, Here comes Santa Claus with Bing, Bing Crosby. Like mm-hmm. you're. You're out of your mind, Usher. You got to devote yourself, like Sufjan. You got to become the the karate master of Christmas if you're going to even say shit like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dylan's version. At first, I was like, I don't know what this fucking. This is the wrong is. song. This is oh, the wrong song. Wait, just kidding. Mm-hmm. We're doing gotcha. a spoken word bit. Uh, very weird. Very slow. Um, I like all of the covers of this. I, to me, this feels like a very light and bouncy song, and I don't think Bob does it that way. That's fine. It's a great song. Yeah, the music's exceptional. There's like bass pulls and like really cool things. It feels like there's a lot more instruments than I would expect in this song, but it's very nice. I mean, it's a, like, it's another one. Well, when I say this is a great song, I mean the original Nat King Cole version. Oh, gotcha. Fucking fantastic. It's one of my favorite because it's My Lane, which is like heavy piano, kind of mm-hmm. jazzy type Christmas yeah, yeah. versus um, Chet what? Baker. Versus what? Chet Baker. Or Justin jazz. Bieber. Yeah. Or Justin Bieber. That's yeah. fair. Um, and this is another one where Bob's voice, like, because he's holding so many notes, really gets there, like, mm. uh, do I like it? Yeah. I, and I thought while I was listening to it this time around, I was like, because we did Pokemon last year, I was like, just imagining when he's singing about Santa, like, pulling toys and stuff. I'm like, I know kids like this kind of music. They, they I mean, like, when Christmas comes around, they're into it probably more than adults are, unless you carry it over. It means presents. Right. But, like, is a kid, like, 11-year-old kid just, like. Put on that Christmas in the heart, Mom. Like, I want to listen to Bob Dylan sing the Christmas song. You know, I wonder, what an interesting thought experiment. Because, like, for me, Christmas is Bing Crosby and Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton, yeah. Um, in Conway Twitty. Because that's all the stuff my mom would listen or to. Or Vincent Garrardi, right? Right, you know, but like, that's more of me as an adult, oh, not from my fair. childhood. So, yeah. so, yeah, my mom, there was those three albums in heavy rotation uh, when we were putting up the Christmas decorations mm-hmm. and just, you know, doing Christmassy type stuff, baking or whatever. Um, but it's interesting to think if somebody was a their parents were really big into Bob Dylan and they even, still, you know, they got this album that some child who is, I don't know, probably, what would they be? I guess if they were playing it every year since 2009, they were at least. Oh God. Yeah. They would nine have, now. They would have to be nine. Like that might be part of their canonical. Well, but they could have been like five or six when it was going on. So they could have been, they could be like 15 now. Right. Yeah, right so yeah. there's a 15 year old out there. That's like, I'm going to play. Like, if I had kids, I'd play the shit out of this. Right, yes. And I'd be like, must be Santa. Yeah. I mean, it'd be so fun. That one in particular. But, like, if they get a hold of Nat King Cole and then I put this on, they'll be like, Dad, what the hell, man? Yeah. What is this song? Get this Dylan off the radio. Bob Dylan would be my Dolly Parton, or vice versa, I should say. My Dolly Parton would be their Bob Dylan. But could their Bob Dylan be Jesse J featuring Babyface? Nope. That song. It's not great. I didn't know she was British. Yeah, I I knew that. This was from 2018 as well. This is brand new. This is brand new. That makes me sad. It is very bad. Track number 15, our final track of the night. Oh, Little Town of Bethlehem. Also a Dolly Parton song, Forever in My Heart. Written by Philip Brooks in 1868 with organist Louis Redner composing composing the music uh, a couple years later. So he was like a preacher or a type of person that does preaching. What are they called? Pastors? Oh. Who does? Reverend? I have no idea what the difference is. But this song is, is kind of about the Civil War, actually, which is interesting. Brooks was known for a particularly impassioned sermon regarding the Civil War mm. dead. Uh, he wrote this poem because of how many of the town were dead. The, the towns are quiet. Yeah. And this was about that, which is dark and sad. Yeah, very dark, very sad, very beautiful. Um, we listened last year to Frank Sinatra's version, which is pretty, uh, I would say that's another classic one. Uh, Elvis, we listened to this year. I thought that was yeah. another good one. Uh, another theme for this one going forward is both of those albums are from 1957. So we're going to listen only to 1957 versions of Oh Little Town of Bethlehem from here on out. Uh, last year's verdict for this song by Bob Dylan? Eh. This year's verdict? Eh. I second that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I would rate the future. If I could put a finger on it But I have no idea If what I want is better than this Is it the lonely man of winter? I could put my finger on that Is it the lonely drive to Denver? The loneliness of Hoppington's hell 
in addition to Bob Dylan songs, we also did a lot of auxiliary songs. Um, last year, we listened to Get Behind Me Santa by Sufjan, uh, Blue Christmas by the Lumineers, Santa Claus is Coming to Town by the Jackson 5. Uh, you mentioned before Maliki Kaliki. Maliki Kaliki Maka. By Seth MacFarlane. Mm-hmm. We talked a lot at that point about how people perceive Christmas albums and how they didn't like his, but he was so good and he's just and a classic crooner. And it's like, and yeah. this is really kind of wonderful. Uh, we just brought up the Vince Garotti trio. Uh, we had Christmas Song and Christmas Time is here on My the playlist last year. And Chris Farron released a full album, uh, like a gift from God or whatever. Uh, so we had that on there last year as well. No, nothing. That's a, that's a whole Christmas album full of originals. So there's no covers on there. This year we only had a few. Um, I put, Did I Make You Cry on Christmas? Well, You Deserved It by Sufjan. Uh, he actually just released um, right before we recorded, a song called Lonely Man of Winter. Brand so new. Good. It's a beautiful. beautiful. Song. And the remix, I think, is, is excellent as well, if you're not into that. Uh, as of this recording, 400,000 people have listened to the original, 800,000 have listened to the remix. Holy shit. Uh, so definitely, whoever's doing that remix must have, obviously, a little bit more cachet than I know. Uh, but I love that song. It's fucking beautiful. And then we would be remiss if we didn't mention the greatest Christmas song of all time Christmas Must Be Tonight by the band. I listened to this song probably another 10 times. It's fucking great. It is really good. Is Islands the best band album? I wow. mean, I've really come. No. Okay, it's definitely not. <laughs> uh, is this the only good song on Islands? Is it even a good song? That's debatable. That's the one that has Mama something or other on it, right? That's uh, also, ooh. No, I'm thinking of Mama Roo, which was on something else we did every Right, Mama Rag, yeah, no. No, there's, there's one. There's only one other one that's on that album that's worth anything. Oh, uh, Papote Rouge. Yes, Papote yes. Rouge. That's yeah. one. Uh, I had not, I don't think I listened, have ever heard, wow, what a roller coaster. Um, that Sufjan song, that Day Make You Cry. Oh, yeah. On Christmas. Using a heart monitor as a, a backing mm-hmm. beat. Yeah. It's pretty intense. It's good. Yeah. It's very sad. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he does that stuff well. I mean, that's, if you want original stuff, uh, the Chris Farron record's really good, but I think Sufjan just. His stuff is really not only fun with Get Behind Me Santa, which is great. Get Behind Me Satan, like mm-hmm. Santa. Fantastic. But I, this song is really touching. Very beautiful. So we're going to keep doing Sufjan. We're going to keep going forward with that. So Kelly, overall, what, what are your feelings for Christmas in the heart and Christmas in general? I think that because I've not been, I've been in a holiday funk, starting with Halloween, which is like my favorite holiday. I was not into it this year. Like all my plans were foiled. I was supposed to go to a Buffy party. It didn't happen because I'm an idiot and didn't buy the tickets in advance. And Thanksgiving was whatever. I mostly came away with being like, not worth it. Too expensive, too much effort, not worth it. Cooking for two days for one meal that you spent $100 on, not worth it. And Christmas, it's like, I don't know, it's such a family thing. And I know that we're in an age of like your friends or your family, your chosen family. That's true. And you can make your own traditions, certainly. But I think that I'm just like, you know, missing my mom and the childhood vibe of of Christmas. So I think I'm going to force my mom into decorating against her will. Nice. I think that's wise. Yeah, yeah. I, I would love to do another Christmas. I don't think I've had a proper Christmas at my parents' house or anything since 2009. Yeah. I mean, that would have been the last time I was actually in Virginia. So, I mean, we're talking almost a decade. But having to listen to our Christmas playlist in order to do this episode has certainly helped edge me in that direction. And I think because I won't actually be here on Christmas because, well, it will be on Christmas Day, but it will not be here on the days leading up to Christmas, uh, that next year we should make a promise that we're going to just go fucking nuts. We'll buy all the, the decorations from the dollar store that we can afford, and we'll Get put the them up house. everywhere. Go crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds fun. Do the, yeah, I mean, I've got lights here, but they're not Christmas lights. They're just regular, I know. boring bulb lights. And yeah, I remember being a kid getting up on the roof with my dad and like staple gunning fucking lights to the house. Yeah, so do we. So I think we should... You yeah, yeah. And the blockhouse is a fixture in the community. So if we, oh really, my god, we know, really are. Yeah, people just come by all the time, just saying, "Look at that blockhouse," and we're like, mm-hmm. "Go." Can away, we please. have your trash? Yeah. We're <laughs> 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 like, our trash is too good for you. No, thank you. <laughs> good night. Yeah, this was really fun. It was really great to listen to it. Um, yeah, it's 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 always a sentimental time. It's a time to think about the end of the year, which is a great segue into where we're going with the rest of this. So we're going to have more uh, episodes going forward where we're going to talk about song by song, Bob Dylan, we're going to do that next. And then we're going to do our top, uh, our top 20 for the year. So another mix up confusion recommendation thing, we're going to talk about the people that we lost in 2018. So we, we have more to come in the short time that we have left in 2018, but to get us to 2019, 
I've got a surprise for you, Kelly. Oh, no. Yeah, usually that's not a great omen. But we are going to pick next year's song. Oh. So we're going to start next year in February. I've decided instead of sort of compressing time and taking more time off, that we just sort of take off at the beginning. We started this podcast in February. I don't know why we just don't go February to November, you know, and then do a big Christmas. So we're going to try to do that for season three. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, whatever. But we're going to be back in the first week of February and we'll have more information as it comes. But I'm, I did off pod. I did random.org and I chose from the 400, 436 songs. We are currently 75 in. That means we've got a lot more left. Holy shit. But I want you to pick for me. This is 100% you. You are going to pick next year's song. I am going to give you five choices that I randomly selected. You are going to, once we're all, once they're all revealed, you're going to whittle them down. You're going to tell me which ones you're not choosing and which ones you are and why. You don't know what any of these songs are. So you're just going to be, based on just the song alone, telling me why or why you don't want to hear that song. I I just want to synthesize this process. You picked from our playlist or from our from our spreadsheet of all the songs we have left. Listed, 436. You were like random.org. Boom. One, two, three, four, five. So now you came up with five random numbers Correct. that correspond to the songs on our spreadsheet. Yes. Facts. And I... Knowing none of the song titles except for like like a Rolling Stone and stuff like that, yes. Which when that happens, we're gonna have to deal with that. But and I get to pick from the five you songs based on title alone. And because it's Christmas, they're gonna be coming to you in terms of gifts. So I have five gifts for you, <laughs> oh, no. and then you will choose from them. So please describe for the people at home oh my God. what the gift is, oh and then God. what the song is, and lay them out, and then we'll go over picking it. Oh my God. So tell me exactly what these gifts are, okay? So gift number one. Gift number one is a is, is an issue of National Geographic entitled "Saving Our Oceans" from February 2017, with a delightful picture of a little seal underneath some uh, seaweed. Great. And on the back, <laughs> song from our spreadsheet number one nineteen: "Long and Wasted Years." This is amazing. And there's a kitty on the back. Well, that just so happened to be. So long and wasted years. Is long and wasted one. years. This is the best. <laughs> number two. <laughs> Number two is a troll doll with a problematic Redskins jersey on. And inside the jersey... You got to get underneath that troll. Yeah. Is a post-it containing the words, got to serve somebody in the number 344. Okay. Got to so, serve somebody. Long and wasted years. <laughs> this is incredible. <laughs> I mean, if I didn't know better, I would say that you... you uh, these gifts are actually items that are found inside the Black House regularly. Listen. Listen, my trash is your treasure. A bottle of Hawaiian Tropic Silk Hydration Sunscreen Lotion. Hawaiian Tropic. Because you're there. (laughs) With a post-it containing the words political world and the number 110. Mm. So political world, got to serve somebody, long Long and wasted wasted years. (laughs) Oh, a nice unopened bag of pretzels, Chris. Those are definitely for mine. Those are also the deli style. So I'm not allowed to... No, so these no. aren't actual gifts. I mean, yes. <laughs> so if I just take this little troll doll you've had for presumably years. Oh, since I was a kid. And this bag of pretzel chips that I mean, I'm I've had sure that for you were going to enjoy later. I do have a whole bag over there. So you but no, that. I'm going to keep those. But the important thing is, is they killed him. Right? They killed him? Number 420. 420. <laughs> uh, long and wasted years, political world. They killed him and... The one I forgot already. Gotta serve somebody. <laughs> Could it be an Could empty be? bag of beef jerky garbage for Christmas? Carne seca. Oh, yeah. This is a... I mean, the people's... We gotta say, we didn't even recommend the people's jerky. I, it's crazy out yeah. of Los Angeles. If you like beef jerky, I, I cannot jerky. recommend it harder. Yeah. They're hot and spicy. They're carne seca. They're original... Mm-hmm. Oh my God, you're going to die. So not to be one of those people, but I've been trying to do the keto thing <laughs> lately. And because but of the that, greatest I discovery ever for keto beef jerky, because every other beef jerky I can find had sugar in it. And people's choice beef jerky is made of limited ingredient, top quality beef jerky. And no, we are not getting paid. But if someone could let them know and give us free beef jerky, if you have a people's choice beef jerky hookup, please. Let us know. Please let us know. So, you don't have to join Patreon. You don't have to do anything. No. Just let us know about people's choice. One, one pound bag of carne seca, 
like you're our best friends forever. But but this is yes. an empty bag. Yeah, this of is, so Daniel handed me some garbage with a post-it note on it. Says <laughs> with the words "Blind Millie, Willie McTell" crossed out because famously that has to be the last episode of our podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beyond here lies nothing, and the number one zero eight. So okay, so so you're uh, going to eliminate for me in order. Which ones do you not want to listen to, and why? I was like, I'm missing one. Oh, it's the pretzel chips. So long and wasted years. Got to serve somebody. Political world. They killed him and. Beyond there lies nothing. So I'm getting rid of one? You Yeah, just get rid of one at a time until you pick your one that you want. I don't want Got to Serve Somebody. Got to Serve Somebody is out. 1979's um, Slow Train Coming. So, and yeah. then I'm going to get rid of... I'm assuming I'm just whittling them down. You're whittling them down. They killed him. Got to go. I'm assuming They killed him. Jesus. Definitely would have been go. our first song off of Knocked Out Loaded since Maybe Someday. Yeah, it's got to go. Got to go. Um, and who do you think they killed? Uh, Jesus, right? Yeah, that's why it's got to go. Political world seems a little on the nose, and I don't know. It's one of those things. It's like maybe it's a great song, or maybe it's like really weird and bad. So I don't know. Um, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna get rid of it for now. Long and wasted that years. That would have been on 1989's Oh Mercy. That would have been our fifth of ten Oh Mercies. <laughs> <laughs> Not happening. Long and wasted years, and beyond there lies nothing. I really enjoyed the title of Beyond There Lies Nothing. So I think Long and Wasted Years is out, and that's the one we're doing. Long and wasted years would have been our third from. T- from Tempest. Mm, that's um, the newer 2012, one, right? Yeah, right? Yeah. Beyond Here Lies Nothing is our first from 2009's Together Through Life. Oh. So our very first one, that was this lead single off of that number one selling record. And it was the same time frame as this. The accordion right, is yeah. heavy on that. And Beyond Here Lies Nothing is a fucking fantastic song. Great choice. Sweet. I'm glad I pinned it to the wonderful carne seca <laughs> beef jerky from People's Jerky out of Los Angeles, California. <laughs> Kelly, that's the end. So all of those gifts are going to stay with me in, in the, the blockhouse. <laughs> but it was the thought that counts. And we so will fun. be back in February and we're going to do a version of that from now on um, without probably the gifts. That's but, fair. Yes. But I appreciate the effort you went through. We tried. So that's it for 2018. We'll see you for a special next, probably in the next couple of days. We're going to do the song by song. We're going to do the obits for 2018. So if you're interested in hearing a lot of other types of music and people that we lost this year, including a ton that you and I particularly have never heard of Mm -hmm. in our lives, we created an an enormous playlist uh, based on all of that. And then you can also get our final top 20 recommendations where we talk about our, our favorite stuff of this last year. So if you're into all of that, great. Join us then. If you are not into it, that's cool. We'll be back in February for season three, episode 76, Beyond Here Lies Nothing. Kelly, Merry Christmas. Maliki Kaliki Maka. Maliki Kaliki Maka.